welcome back everyone to episode two of rabbit holes podcast i'm one half of the hosting equation elise and i'm the other half andy and we're very happy to have you back this week hopefully (laughs) hopefully please please stick with us uh as we refine and move forward with our podcasting adventure uh, so yeah, this is Rabbit Holes Podcast, where we take uh, trips through the weird and wild place that is the internet and learn about new things or reinforce ideas of creepy things that we've tripped upon in the years past. So we hope you enjoy coming along with us. Uh, we both uh, love podcasts. Uh, we listen to very, very uh, lots of diverse podcasts for the two of us. Because we have long commutes into work, about yes. an hour's worth of drive each way for both of us. So listen to lots and lots of them. Yes. <laughs> so uh, finally, our quote-unquote dream of doing our own has come to fruition. Yes, exactly. So uh, this week, we're going to flip a coin to see who goes first with their story. I will be the flipper. Andy, you'll be the caller. I'll take the moose. Call it in the air. Moose. Which for the Americans and non-Canadians is actually a reindeer and is tails. Because <laughs> we have the queen on the other side and she's heads. That's true. So we have we have tails. So Andy goes first this week. <laughs> so let it be broke. Is it a reindeer? It's reindeer. Well, there goes the coin. There goes the coin. <laughs> Underneath my child's <laughs> I chair. Sure. <laughs> so what is your rabbit hole this week? So mine is Swiss Air uh, 111 crash. Oh. And then, yeah, so we move on from there. So uh, as some of you may know, uh, the 20th anniversary of the Swiss airplane crash just passed. Uh, it was a tragic accident that killed all 228 people on board instantly. Um, and it crashed just off Peggy's Cove. I actually remember uh, this crash. It was, there was another one that happened sort of right before that off of New York, and this one happened, and it was just sort of my last year of high school. Mm-hmm. So I've been out of high school for 20 years. And Andy's a newfie. And I'm a newfie. Uh, so <laughs> Atlantic Canada. But it was a fire on the uh, overhead compartment, caused a catastrophic failure and the plane crashed into the North Atlantic off Peggy's coast at a whopping 555 kilometers an hour, which for our American listeners is 345 miles an hour. So that's like hitting concrete. Yeah. Uh, So residents of the area responded. They they also uh, said that they heard, felt, and saw a fireball at the crash. So... Local fishermen, who were also volunteer search and rescues, went out to check for survivors. But when they got there, they pretty much knew instantly that nobody survived. U.S. coasters are big-hearted, pitch in and help people. Because it, it takes a search and rescue a while to get there. So, right. And it wasn't that far off shore. Right. So, you guys did it after 9-11, too. Yes. You opened up your homes to people. Schools. and Yeah. yeah. We were diverted up to Newfoundland. Yes, that's that's us in a nutshell. We're a very large-hearted group of people. And, uh, yeah. So they went out to check for survivors, and they knew none, nobody would have survived this. It was just a, a field of wreckage and human bits. Ugh. Yeah. So the crash uh, investigation lasted more than four years, cost 
in Canadian dollars, 57 million, hmm. and was one of the biggest investigations that the Transportation and Safety Board of Canada ever carried out. It was carried out with the US uh, group, Swiss Air, and a couple of other organizations. Um, the investigation was uh, resulted in many wide-ranging recommendations that were incorporated into aviation standards. The most notably for me, who is about to head on a flight this weekend, is uh, that they no longer use flammable material, especially insulation. Shocker. Yeah. I mean, you would think like... Or the flammable is like, you know, much less. Like this was quite flammable, this insulation blanket around. But you would think like airplane two that got built. They'd be like, hey, we're loading the sucker up with real flammable jet fuel. Maybe we make sure everything else doesn't burn. Yeah, so what happened was an arc of the wiring of the inboard um, entertainment system caused the insulated blanket to catch fire. And then... So I guess what happens when they see, uh, when they know that there's a fire of unknown source at the time is they would shut down some of the ventilation systems, but that right. case caused a big vacuum ah. uh, in the upper ca- uh, upper area of the plane. Right, right. For those who can't see, I'm using a lot <laughs> yeah. of like, hand gestures. We're <laughs> hand talkers, yeah. Uh, and uh, basically just allowed it to spread Yikes. like wildflower fire um, above the cockpit. And it basically ended up killing all of the electrical. Ugh. So the plane nosedived. They did know they didn't know anything was wrong for the first little bit, and then when they tried to dump fuel because they were just taken off from uh, New York, and they're heading to Geneva, so they couldn't land right. in Halifax safely because they were too heavy. Right. So they're trying to dump fuel over the Atlantic and then come back and then come back around, but they didn't make it. <sighs> so. Um, here's some of the gruesome aspects of it. Uh, most of the bodies were identified within 10 weeks of the crash. Wow. Only one of the 228 was able to be identified by sight. And, uh, I do not have proof of this, but I think from some of the accounts I made, it was a small child. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the crash was also the biggest DNA identification project ever in Canada. Since about half of, a little under half of the bodies, so about 100 of the bodies were identified using DNA profiling. The others were dental records, fingerprints, and other x-ray identification. Hmm. Uh, Because dental records are now pretty easily obtained, it's quite easy to to do a bit of hunt. They did about 80 by uh, dental. Uh, So I remembered the crash because it was talked about a lot in the news. It was very tragic, obviously, all 28 people, uh, 228 people died. Um, It's pretty gruesome. But what was not talked about too much at the time, so it was also the the route, sorry, was called the UN route because it went from New York to Geneva. So Mm -hmm. UN employees ferrying between the two. Right. Uh, But uh, so it was popular with diplomats. But it was also popular with auction houses to ship expensive goods oh. between North America and Europe. Right. So what wasn't talked about much at the time was the plane was carrying five kilograms of diamonds and jewels. Oh. Or 2.2 pounds of diamonds. Now, there's lots of variation in the uh, like articles I was reading. Most of this comes from CBC. I'll post... Like a reference list. I'm not very good at actually remembering to say my references for time. <laughs> um, uh, at Picasso. Oh, man. 
and nearly 50 kilograms in cash. So all of these items are still missing. missing. Right. Um, Treasure hunting is illegal in Nova Scotia right now. So were they in international waters? No. Canadian waters, yeah. Because they weren't that far off. Uh, Lloyds of London paid out 300 million in insurance in just the diamond and jewels alone. Wowzos. So the... uh, Sorry, sorry. Put the brakes on. You know that treasure hunting is illegal in Nova Scotia. I feel like we rolled over this. (laughs) Yeah. Let's get back to this. (laughs) Treasure hunting is now illegal in Nova Scotia. Okay. When did it become illegal? So we'll go into that. Okay. Okay. Yes, yes. (laughs) So... Uh, for the first while, they had an exclusion zone while they were doing their investigation. So the RCMP was monitoring the Royal stuff. Canadian Mounted Police. Yes, our our local. Uh, so for our American listeners, the RCMP in many places is both our beat cops, our provincial cop, and our FBI. Yes, and in some ways, our yeah, it's it's what happens when you have a giant expanse like Canada and. Yeah very little control over it yeah for very so. many years <laughs> so our cmp is our <clears throat> fbi so it does federal it's our everything that you would associate your fbi with but it's also your local beat cop as well in most of canada with the exception of large urban areas who have their own police, police force, force and some provinces have their own police force but um, most of the country is just policed by our wonderful RCMP. yes Growing up, that's who would have busted kids for drinking in the playground. Sure, would have. <laughs> I never got busted because I can run fast. And actually, I was—I was never a drinker, so I would just sit there and be like, "Yeah, you can frisk me, but um, you're not going to find anything." Um, they went that way. Um, they would just like to fuck with us. Uh, so after they had the exclusion zone, no one could go into it. They were monitoring it to some degree, just because they were still trying to. Like it took many years for them to get all of the the bits so they did a cleanup of the debris they did a shoreline cleanup with a lot of volunteers they also brought in a vacuum ship Mm -hmm. from the u.s i think it was a u.s navy ship that sucked up debris off of the seafloor um they picked up i think it was two or three million pieces wow uh, of stuff there's still lots of stuff down there uh but the jewels were never found uh, there was doo, 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 doo. so after that exclusion order was lifted, people could search the area. During the late nineties uh, and early two thousands, Nova Scotia treasure hunting laws were not uh, in line with global standards. So there was one person who quoted it was a wild west of treasure hunting. Right. So you could apply for a treasure trove license mm-hmm. for say this because there's lots of shipwrecks off the coast of Nova Scotia. Right. For this here but you could actually be looking for the swiss air diamonds right uh so no one has claimed that they found any of them but who knows uh lloyd's had applied so lloyd's of london the insurer had applied for a treasure trove license from the nova scotia government after the investigation ended but the public outcry was so large especially from the victims right uh that you know this is still for some cases probably some body parts and stuff down there too so right um, so they scrapped that recovery plan and just ate the three million dollars. Hmm. They're an insurance company. I don't think they lose money, but well, yeah, so Lloyd's of London, yeah, is huge. But still, like you only get to be that size of that powerful yeah. because you do stuff like look for your lost shit. <laughs> yeah. So um, 
So, yeah, so they reneged on their plan to try to find the treasure because people were like, you're going to be grave robbing and right. sure. So people were upset. So they, they scrapped that plan. Um, now, currently, treasure hunting is illegal and the crash site is protected mm-hmm. by a special protection uh, act. So, but who knows? Like, people could still go down there. You know, anybody who's uh, a person with non-questionable morals probably wouldn't do it because, again... So how far out is it from shore? <laughs> you'd also have to learn to scuba dive. Uh, so they are, but they are 100% sure that Picasso did not survive. Yeah. It was just packed in a wooden shipping grate. Right, right. And they did find a small patch of canvas. The funny thing is about this Picasso is they're not entirely sure which one it was. Because it's, I don't remember what the name of it is, but he had six paintings that were named this. Yeah. Um, And because Lloyd's wouldn't say where it was coming, or no, Swiss Air and Lloyd's, or whoever the insurance was, because Lloyd's was not the insurance for that one. They wouldn't say where it was coming from and who it was going to. Right. So uh, there's a lot of rumors that it was this particular Picasso that was sold at auction a few years ago and was changing hands again. Right. But they're not entirely sure because it has a name, but it's also the name of six other Picasso paintings. Right. So, um, but there was a small patch of canvas found in the wreckage that was part Picasso. The diamonds and jewels were in a safe with the cash. The safe was never found, nor were the jewels. Hmm. So, if you're asking yourself, is that the only plane crash with missing treasure? No. There's a bunch more. Ah. This is just a couple of them. Uh, so, gruesome death, but missing, like, these diamonds are worth millions, obviously. Right. The insurance payout was $300 million on just the diamonds. That's not the cash. Right. These were diamonds and watches and all kinds of very expensive Bobbles. And for certain collectors to be able to say that you own a piece of a surviving cachet is yes. extra value added. So, in 1947, Philippines Airline crashed into Mount Parker in Hong Kong carrying 15 million US cargo, uh, or 5 million, we're not entirely sure, that's a difference. That's a really big spread there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but again, Hong Kong, 1947. Uh, of Mexican bullion and coins destined for Hong Kong banks. A large part of the cargo was never found. Huh. So the plane crashed. Both people on board died. It was just a small uh, small cargo-type plane, former uh, World War I archive. Uh, crashed very uh, in the mountain, leaving it the mountainside scattered with burned-out airplane parts, gold bars, and almost 30,000 gold coins. Wow. Reports varied, but most say that only four gold bars remained missing because they put together a big rescue operation for this gold. Uh, Now, when the local police uh, were doing it, they had laborers lined up and they used to frisk everybody at the end of the day to see if they'd pocketed some coins. Um, They said that only four gold bars remained missing, but a little over five... Sorry, a little over 5,000 gold coins were never <laughs> I think there's probably a lot of laborers who three days later went to the shit house and ended up coming out with a big old pocket of change. So those coins right now, so all those, it's just a little over five, 5,000. 
5,360 or something would be valued at about $6.8 million now. I was the value of gold. So did they find the pilot's bodies? No, they were burned pretty badly, I think. Or I would like to posit a movie script in which the pilots put on parachutes, took gold bars, one in each hand, and just jumped. You have heavy gold bars there. Well, they're falling anyway. I mean, <laughs> you're going to hit terminal velocity at some point. That's true. But how would you hold on? Anyways. <laughs> so, um, the, either they are still on the mountainside or used to fund some nice retirements. There is a lot of rumors that certain police mm-hmm. people retired quite Large. well. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, putting my money on that one. Now, the guy who was the head of the investigation did not retire well. He was shot to death. Like, oh. a few months later. Convenient. Non-related. Sure. Something else. Sure. <laughs> uh, but, so people still occasionally go up there, like mm-hmm. history. Um, I guess a few years ago, someone buried a bunch of gold chocolate coins to fuck with them. Oh, that would so be my move. So, but they're still finding like one or two coins every 10 years or so. Right. The soil is pretty soft up there. Um, now, so that was Hong Kong, 1947. There was like, this was a, I think it was a Dakota plane. So there was lots of accidents with this plane around that time. Oh, okay. So there was a lot of questions where, because it was like World War One surplus. So were they just junk, worn out from the war? Because like a bunch of people, including a couple of famous people died in Dakota mm-hmm. uh, airplane accidents. So that's a rabbit hole if anybody wants to go down it. Hmm. So in 1966, uh, an Air India Flight 101, apparently 100 flights are okay, crashed into the summit of Mount Blanc, uh, France's highest mountain. They were trying to do a descent into Geneva and miscalculated and, like, slow wall. Yeah. Uh, all 107 people died on impact, and the crash was such a uh, high speed that it left a large crater on the mountainside. Yowzas. Uh, the plane was a... Uh, on the plane was a small case packed with a hundred precious emerald sapphires and rubies. Hmm. The case was lost in the ice until this year when it was found by a climber. Cool. Now, two things about this crash. So this was the first of two Air India crashes into Mont Blanc. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Maybe don't fly Air India. Because <laughs> uh, there's lots of famous airplane crashes in the air, that I can think of with Air India. Yowzas. Um... Same thing, another plane crashed in there. Um, so this mountain is littered with two wreckages. wreckages. Uh, and what was I say? So this is where the story gets a bit shady. Okay. So the climber turned the parcel over to the cops who then passed it to the mayor of the town. First mistake, but go ahead. <laughs> Uh, they then put them in a vault and will not let anybody see them. So there's been like reporters af- asking after them. So I guess in France, there's a law that if nobody claims them in two years, mm-hmm. then you get to keep them. So there's some rumors that the mayor and the climber struck a deal right. to split them 50-50 if nobody claims them. And right. they're being really shady about letting anybody see them so that nobody can claim them. So I guess on this pack is sort of a name listed 
This woman ah. who wrote, oh, I do have her. Uh, shoot, where's her name? A local historian and author of the of book Crash on Mount Blanc, also a book about the two Ariandi crashes, has a few theories. Mm-hmm. So she is actually also looked asked to look at them. And all she gets is, so they have, they show, if anybody asks about them, they show them these pictures of the gems in bags. Convenient. Yeah. So, and I guess she was asking the mayor about them and he was being all like, oh, they're that impressive. Like he was really downplaying it. Like, oh, you know, we'd like to give them back if we could figure out who they would belong to. Right. So she had in her notes written down the last name of the person uh, that in the file on the crash who was listed as receiving them. Right. Now that file has also gone missing. Convenient. Convenient. And she didn't write down the initial of the first person. Okay. So there's two families with this name, one in Britain and one in Spain, I think it was, that are and were jewelry mer- jewel merchants at the time. Okay. And that could have... but. Because it's 50 years ago, they don't really have records, and they're not even sure if either of these families can't confirm that this this would have been their package. Right. Because they would have gotten their insurance money, and people have died. It's been 50 years. Um, so, yeah. So, they're really making it hard. So, they're really giving a lot of... So, a lot of the reporters that have been asking about it, then they get, oh, no, we're not dealing with it anymore. This office is dealing with it. This cop. No, the cops don't. This mayor's office is the dealing runaround. with it. The runaround. And then they go back and back and back and back and back. Or the runaround. The runaround. The <laughs> runaround. The runaround. Uh, so, yeah. So, it's shady. So, they're not even sure if these are actually gems. Like, they just, there is no confirmation that any of this so I guess there was hmm. a climber who posed for some pictures with some gems in front of them. It was just quartz and stuff. Right. And it wasn't even the same climber. Can you imagine coming from a family that is so wealthy that this comes up and you're just like, eh. I mean, I mean. This would have been lore. Like, how is this not lore in your family that someone died carrying a parcel of. Thank you. Also, like. Last time we went to the movies, I bought the tickets. So as far as I'm concerned, you owe me 20 bucks. Like, <laughs> I know where every single penny that I have is at any given moment. <laughs> but like big bags of gems? Eh. Yeah. It's a hundred precious stones and gems. Jeez. Are they looking to adopt family members? Because I would like to apply. <laughs> yeah. So look up that crash and form your own assumptions, everybody. Because it's right. kind of shady as... So, Buddy's got another year before. Yeah, I think it's, cashes it's, in. Yeah, I think it's about a year. So, yeah. And his name is. I would like to Facebook look him up. I see if he's the is mayor. Of, so I did not look. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. Lots of names I cannot pronounce. So, but yes, my cousins right now are uh, climbing Mount Blanc, and I forgot to send them the link to the story. Oh. And I shall definitely do that. My cousin and his fiance. Nice. They're hiking outdoor people. I don't understand that. I don't no. mind hiking a little bit, but I don't mind. I don't want to hike up like an actual mountain where I've got to do work. I mean, I've driven up some of the Alps, and that was stressful enough as it was. <laughs> you get out of the top, and you're winded because it's so thin up there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so sure, yeah. that's my story. So we went from Swiss Air 111 to plane crashes with missing treasure. Huh. See, usually you hear about. 
sunk in treasure ships. Yes. It never dawned on me to make the link that the modern treasure ship is a fucking airplane. Yeah. I would never have thought that. It makes total sense. Because we're not selling galleons back and forth across the Atlantic anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess now it's cryptocurrency anyway, but still. (laughs) Is it really? Come on. Should have apparently bought Bitcoins, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. You and me both, buddy. Interesting. Very interesting. So, yeah. My turn? Your turn. My turn. So, this isn't what I was going to talk about this week, but I was on uh, Twitter last night. Uh, Yeah, I know. Always a mistake. Uh, But we... I am a huge fan of the podcast, and that's why we drink. Um... If you are not listening yet, you really totally should. Those girls are hilarious, and every podcast is so interesting. I, like, blew through their entire back catalog since, like, January in my commutes back and forth. Like, it's sizable, too. I'm very excited because my dad wrote a porno is back for this season. <laughs> I saw that. And I was like, yay! <laughs> See, I can't. I can't listen. I get so skeeved out. I can't. <laughs> It's so bad. It is the least erotic, erotic literature ever written. <laughs> like, if you ever, like, a guy who's maybe, you know, trying to get home for his wife, and he's got some sexy thoughts and wants to calm them down, listen to <laughs> My Dad Wrote a Porno, because it is... It's the new baseball. <laughs> it's the new Your Grandmother in a nighty. Like, it is so <laughs> unsexy, but hilariously so. We do follow... Uh, my dad wrote a porto on Twitter solely because I know how much you love them. But this story starts with, and that's why we drink. Um, last night they posted um, a story, uh, a link to an article about uh, Sinbad, the 90s comedian, and the movie Shazam. Andy's looking at me funny. I think they're redoing that movie, aren't they? I think there's talk of it. But yeah. you remember this movie, right? Yes, I do. It was awful. Sinbad was a genie in this movie, the 90s, called Shazam. Ha! There was no movie called Shazam. There was a movie called Kazam, starring Shaq, I want to say. But there is no movie about a genie starring Sinbad from the 90s. Really? Yes. You and I both experienced the Mandela effect, which is what my pod, what my rabbit hole is for this week. Mm. Yes. So, the article that got posted last night that inspired this rabbit hole is written by Liz Shannon Miller, and you can find it on IndieWire.com. And it's titled, Sinbad Stopped Fighting the Legacy of Shazam, the movie that doesn't exist because of the X-Files. So, like we said, I swear to God, I remember this movie. I also listened to the podcast, How Did This Get Made?, which is about terrible movies and how they got made. And I'm listening to the episode, and I'm like why are they talking about Shaq? Or why are they talking about Shaq and not, like, Sinbad? Like, I'm so confused. Are these two different movies? Like, what is happening? It turns out, no. I, and seemingly 90% of millennials, have a memory that just doesn't exist of this movie. And I am not a millennial, and I have a vague remembrance of this. (laughs) Exactly. So, uh, the line from X-Files that is quoted in this article from uh, IndieWire, um that has inspired uh, Shaq or Sinbad to just roll with it is uh, Mulder says it's the Mandela effect and Scully asks, what do you mean? 
Mulder responds, when someone has a memory of something that's not shared by a majority or the factual record. For instance, there are some people that have a memory of seeing a movie called Shazam starring Sinbad as an impressible, irrepressible genie, even after it's pointed out to them that they're probably thinking of a movie called Kazam starring Shaquille O'Neal as an irrepressible genie, especially because a movie called Shazam was never made. <laughs> well, so Exiles just lays it out on the table. <laughs> Uh, the article itself um, had a quote from Sinbad who says he's now just rolling with it. He'll, he'll just own, yeah, this movie happened, it exists, uh, and he's dying for someone to produce the tape. But people come up to him and ask him about this movie all the time, and it apparently bothered him for a really long time, and now he's just like, I, I can't fight it. It happened. <laughs> We're just going to roll with it. Um, so this isn't the only example of the Mandela, uh, the Mandela effect. I went to Entity.com, and there is an article by Sarah Wollstonecraft titled 50 Unbelievable Examples of the Mandela Effect That Will Make You Question Reality. And the origin of it, um, it's named after Nelson Mandela. Uh, when he died in 2013, a bunch of people went online and shocked because they remembered him dying in the 80s while he was in prison. And so all of a sudden you pop up slash alive for 30 years and you've just died and people are like, that doesn't track. When in fact he got out of prison, obviously, went on to become South Africa's arguably most famous president and uh, died after living a long, long life. And now I can agree, I can like, it's not the Mandela of it all, but I have been swearing up and down that Angela Lansbury died shortly after Beauty and the Beast and nobody agrees because it's very wrong. But like, very I wrong. swear to God, she's been dead forever. No. <laughs> So I have a very similar reaction to this. Um, a lot of examples on this list that um, appears on Entity.com are really just down to spelling errors or small misunderstandings or you missed a, a detail in something. So like Pikachu's tail is actually black and not full yellow. Or Curious George doesn't have a tail, which is weird for a monkey. And people think like, I remember him swinging through trees off his tail. Well, no, Curious George doesn't have a tail. Uh, and Fruit Loops is spelled as you would expect, but in fact, Fruit Loops, fruit is spelled F-R-O-O-T. So it's little things like that. It doesn't... But people being dead for centuries, yes. Yeah. Well, centuries. decades. <laughs> decades. <laughs> that was a slam on Angela Lansbury that I don't agree with, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> the woman was nominated for a Tony not that long ago. Yeah. She was in a little night music with Catherine Zeta-Jones. See, and I've been convinced she died. Granted, that was eight years ago because, yes. Because time is flying by. Yes, because that was right when Dan took me to New York for the first time for my 30th birthday. Cute. Um, Other phenomenon, um, I found some examples on a BuzzFeed listicle uh, by Christopher Hudsberth, 20 examples of the Mandela effect that will make you believe in a parallel universe. We talked about parallel universes last year. Week. Week? Holy God. <laughs> I didn't sense people have been for centuries, so I'm not judging. Oh, we are all over the place. Um, you know the song We Are the Champions by Queens? Yeah. The last line, everyone thinks we are the champions dot 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 of the world, right? That's your yeah. understanding? No. It ends. There's no we uh, of the world. It's just oh. we are the champions. But I think back to the ringette that I played, and every time we won... We always play that song, and I could swear to God, the last line is, we always screamed of the world. 
Anna's yeah. like going through her memory bank. I am. <laughs> Hold on. I can actually. My memory, yeah. my mind palace, if you're a Sherlock fan, <laughs> is like a giant filing cabinet and drawers right. open and things like shuffle. See, we would play it, but we're never going to get clearance for that. So yeah. I ain't paying that much money. Nope. <laughs> um, Darth Vader, that very famous line, Luke, I am your father. Yes. It's, it's not, it's no, I am your father. Yeah. So we've been misquoting. And the evil queen in Snow White never says mirror, mirror on the wall. She says magic mirror on the wall. So you see, like, it's like little yeah. details like that, like, that I think is just down to the fact that we're meat machines that make mistakes with our eyes and our ears. And so we interpret things, but then they get into the lexicon somehow. And it's a whole weird thing. So... Mis- misheard lyrics is probably one of my favorite, like, random things to look up. True. Those are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to know what causes this phenomenon. Like, is it really just these little, like, we're just dumb meat machines that make mistakes? Or is there something legit happening here? Like, what is it? So I googled uh, Mandela Effect conspiracies just to see what popped up. I know. As soon as you Google the word conspiracies, you're out in left field <laughs> yeah you're, you're bonkers uh and it turns out there's a website called mandelaeffect.com yeah probably where i should have started but oh. they have a theories tab on their uh, web page and there are some theories that they posit about what happened the that is what's happening is the first is we're moving between alternative realities or parallel universes which we talked about last week um the second theory is that we're living in a holodeck that has a glitch. So kind of Matrix, Matrix. style. Deja vu's in Matrix. Yeah, exactly. Um, we also talked about this last week, is that the giant Hadron Collider in Switzerland that's been running uh, for the last few years is just fucking up the reality of time and space. So that weasel not only knocked us into uh, an alternative parallel universe where common sense is gone <laughs> uh, but it's also making us think Mandela died decades ago <laughs> uh, and the final theory that's posited on MandelaEffect.com <clears throat> is that certain environmental causes in certain locations or times like ley lines are messing with what's happening so I was reading this and it was kind of like huh, all right these are some good ideas but like there's not a lot here for the podcast what am I yeah. gonna do and then I kept scrolling you know what I found because the universe loves me, this webpage has a comments section. Oh, the comments! I know. This is Andy's favorite part about any website is the comments. Like, I will send her, like, BuzzFeed lists for a joke, and when I get back, it's like, oh, my God, comment 465 made me die. And I'm just like, who are you? Like, I come here just for the comments. Just for the comments. Tasty recipes on Facebook is my favorite thing (laughs) to look at comments, because... You people take your food a little too seriously. See, and I don't think I've ever looked at a comment on a oh tasting video ever. Sometimes I just love the, like the comments. Most of the time are better than the comedy is. Yes. <laughs> now, unless you're looking at like some sort of racist or yeah, yeah. political, I want to buy some Nike, that sort of stuff. Nonsense. So the comments, <laughs> the comments on the theory page uh, from Mandela.com are where the gold was. Uh, David posts that he believes that someone is changing the past for financial gain or altering the past, causing rift in other areas by happenstance. He doesn't say who is changing the past, nor to what end other than financial gain. 
but he firmly believes this. And other commenters come in and make suggestions. Like, it, there, there's no irony on these comments at all, which is delightful. Uh, Fiona, who I think is the mod for this website, thinks that reality is rapidly approaching something uh, with steep challenges that we don't necessarily recognize yet. And to those with more insight than the public generally have, reality shifting or some variation of it looks like the best plan B but that's a random guess in a sea of possibilities. What does that even mean? I literally have a note here. I'm not even sure what that means. That's a lot of words that mean very little. <laughs> like I recognize them as English. It's just how she put them together. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure I understand other than um, we're coming up to some sort of crisis points. And so we're shifting into plan B. Who's making the shift and what the crisis point's gonna be? Like, beyond me. And I know what our crisis point should be, but... Oh, I think we passed that crisis point <laughs> back in November 2016, but that's another <laughs> another story altogether. Uh, probably the creepiest post comes from a gentleman called Mr. Stain. Well, nice. that's, that's par for the course right there. Yes. Mr. Stain tells us to watch out for 2029. Be prepared and watch out for the awakening. This is not making sense... This does not make sense now, but will soon. And please stop using your cell phones. They are the key ingredient of your society's collapse. Now I want to break that down. <laughs> please do. The grammar's a little shaky, but it's, it's a message board. So, I mean, par for the course. Be prepared and watch out for the awakening. Awakening of who or what is my question. Uh, this not make sense now, but will soon. So please stop using your cell phones. They are the key ingredient of your society's collapse. The your threw me. I was like, hmm, which societies do you come from then, sir? And Society of metal hats in his Yes. Clearly, uh, when I realized there was no irony in any of these posts, was uh, the mod responding, saying, well, I hope Mr. Stain comes back and explains to us where he comes from, because I would like to know more about his society. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> here it is. <laughs> Crazy town. <laughs> Which, I mean, I shouldn't be laughing. These are people and they have their own held beliefs, but like, come on. <laughs> Mr. Stain. Apparent <laughs> mental illnesses. Possible. Which, which for, you know, a carte blanche, I have my own oh, mental absolutely. health challenges. Absolutely. I sought help for them. And so did I. This might be the difference between us and Mr. Stain. <laughs> right. Uh, Fiona, once again, uh, posts, because she posts several ideas. She says, my research suggests that many, perhaps most, ghosts don't, or ghost reports aren't about people who are popping up in this reality per se. They're alive and well in their own time slash reality, but we're perceiving them here. I have no idea why, but their real-time responses to comments and questions suggest that they are not lingering spirits of the dead. So very army of ghosts that from is exact, Doctor Who. That is the exact thought we, I had. Maybe this is our test. Can we bring this back to Doctor Who? Every, every episode. Yeah. We have to mention Doctor Who, apparently. Um, yeah, so... But, like, still... Why is something happening? I mean, I'm a huge fan of Outlander, but like something is not happening in the 1700s to cause some broad to wander around a building bemoaning a death. Like it's just, it's bonkers. 
Um, I did, there is a meme floating around online that I love. Somebody's like, I think it's like from Twitter or Tumblr, like, why are all these ghosts from 300 years ago? I can't wait till I'm a ghost and I can just shout like, it's Britney, bitch. And every time I want to spook someone, I'm like, that's what I want to do. <laughs> I will be that ghost. It's Britney, bitch. I'm just like dancing around. It'll be awesome. Um, Kathy's hot take on the whole situation involves a lot of capitals, uh, capital letters, paradigm shifts, multiple planes of reality, strips, uh, slipstream. In addition, the theoretical concept that Im- imagines the effect of traveling through a black hole holds possibilities in explaining the polarity anomalies. The planet may be literally being turned inside out as we have barely the capacity to imagine what the speed of light is or dark truly could be. Someone was watching uh, that space movie with Matthew McConaughey a little too much. Possibly. Like, and this is just like a small paragraph of like a, a big old post. I mean, okay. If you're going to have this kind of, like, you got to have a well-defined explanation of what's happening. <laughs> like, just random words. Oh, I think you're asking way too much of these people. This is probably true. So, honestly, though, with a few big exceptions, like the Stinbad movie, there's not a lot really to the Mandela, Mandela effect. I mean, somebody who just thought some dude who was in prison died and is surprised when they haven't been paying attention. But also, how many people really didn't know Nelson Mandela became a president of South Africa? Yeah, ended apartheid, became the first black president of... Well, I think it's all to, the Jimmy Kimmel skits of where they ask people to identify North Korea on a map and they point to Georgia. True. <laughs> True. Right. So if you're completely out of the loop in current events, I can see it happening. Although, which is funny, because um, have you read uh, Trevor Noah's biography? No, uh, not yet. Apparently it's pretty funny because uh, I had just watched his one of his stand-ups and when our friend Dave was here and he was telling me that he'd read it. And it's funny because he was talking about growing up. So he grew up in sort of that end of apartheid mm-hmm. South Africa. His, his dad is white. His mom is black. Right. So it was this weird world to live in because you you can't you can't hold his mom's hand in public. Right. She has to walk behind him and all this stuff. Um, but he was talking about how like they really were quite sheltered. So it was really common when he was a kid for people and like children, people to name their kids and especially their dogs, Adolf. <laughs> because they didn't like they knew he was a famous person, but they had right. no concept of why what he, he was, was famous, famous for. <laughs> so he talks about I guess he um, and this is so please don't like Twitter at Twitter us or something. Slash me because uh, she's not going to look yeah, at it. Yeah, that's true. Um, if I'm, I've got this wrong because this is like, you know, a game of telephone. But something about he was doing DJing because he used to DJ at a bar mitzvah. Okay. And his friend used to come and dance to like get the party started. And okay. he was like, hey, go out off, go out off, go no. out. And everybody was like, <laughs> and he's like, what? And then it was someone fight. Like, I mean, he was older. Right. When someone was like, okay, let's discuss World War II with the Nazis. <laughs> and why this is wholly inappropriate. Yeah. So he's like, obviously, that doesn't happen anymore. But there was a time where, like, right. people, and especially their dogs and, and young children, they would name them after, like, famous people. Right. But they wouldn't necessarily know why they were famous or infamous. Right. I guess. I should probably read this biography myself before I right. quote it. But See, this, this is, is the useful. this is where the, the height of the internet and phones yeah. in our pocket and all the information of the world ever being in our pocket, it comes in useful. Yeah. So you don't do that. 
yeah, but like talk about like a closed societal world where you might not know things. Happened, totally. But. Yeah. In this day and age, how does people not know this stuff? <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, we all believe Shazam happened. That's true. <laughs> so, but I can see the Shazam, Kazam, Shaq, Sinbad. Sinbad. Like, I'm not saying that all people look alike, but those two men are sort of taller, bigger guys. Yes. Can't act their way out of paper bag. No problem. Like, I used to love that TGIF show he was on. Um, Sinbad was in the TGIF. Oh, I can't remember. He lived with his sister and another person and a kid. Somebody is screaming right now. They know it. I know. (laughs) And uh, he was a coach. Okay. Like a PE teacher or something. So, anyways, we'll look that up later. Yes. Because, again, world in our pocket. Yes, exactly. We should know better. So that's my that's my rabbit hole. Keep your eyes open for future Mandela effects that pop up. Um, yeah, try not to fall too far into the Shazam of it all. If you happen to have a copy of Shazam starring Sinbad, please uh, share it. The world needs to see it. Other than just, I think Sinbad himself should put out a YouTube video of oh, him as Shazam. Totally. I mean, yeah. It's not like he's doing anything else. That's a good Anybody point. Know if, if he's working <laughs> right now, that is like what? That was mean. <laughs> Just Sorry. a sideswipe. <laughs> so yeah, that's it for me. All right, yay! So uh, everybody, if you want to go check us out on our various spots, we have our website at www.rabbitholespodcast.com. We have our email, which is rabbitholespodcast at gmail.com because Google and Apple will take over the world and fight over the scraps. Absolutely. Uh, Twitter, we are at rabbitholespod. Um, Facebook, we are rabbitholespodcast page. And our Instagram, we have rabbitholespodcast. So I'm going to try to get my 44 random followers on Instagram, who I have no idea who they are, to follow us. I mean, Andy signed up like a hot minute ago and she's got 44 followers and I've been on for like three years with like 200 and I know every single one of them. Yeah. And all I follow are local tattoo artists because I want to get a tattoo. So I've been uh, checking out people's pages. And I follow pages of cats. That's true. (laughs) Um, If you enjoy what we're doing, uh, we would very much like uh, to connect with you uh, in other ways. Um, we have set up a Patreon page. We would love for you to come on board and be a patron for us. It's www.patreon.com slash rabbitholespodcast. Um, you can also go to our website and check out the support tab. It lists what all the tiers are. Um, there is also our Rabbit Holes podcast store up on redbubble.com where you can find um, merch uh, with our logo on it and our muse of the rabbit looking distantly off into the future because he's heading for his own rabbit hole. Um, so you can either go to redbubble.com and search for the podcast name or check out the merch tab on our website. And we have an emo logo. Yes, our regular bubbly fun pink and blue rabbit uh, has been updated to just be emo style, completely blacked out for those of you who don't appreciate the light bubbly pop colors. (laughs) You're so misunderstood. (laughs) Uh, So thank you for joining us this week. And if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. 